Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Stay Focused. My name is Pastor Jay Morgan. I am the director of the Appalachia Prayer Center Ministries and the West Virginia Prayer Alliance, and I'm your host today. Now, today, uh, we're going to pick up a topic that we started talking about yesterday, uh, and that is the topic of mental health and the church. And I, I am really excited that you're watching today. I know you're going to be encouraged. Um, as I continue an interview I began yesterday with my friend Jenny Newbro. Now, Jenny has been in ministry for many years. She's a lifetime as a Christian speaker, teacher, author, counselor. Uh, over 30 years, she's been a Christian counselor and walked through difficult times with people. Jenny, uh, as, a, as a doctorate of ministry, uh, master's in theology, she um, knows what she's talking about. But in addition to that, Jenny, is a, I know her to be a spirit-filled woman, a woman full of the Holy Spirit and, and um, skilled both in the Word and in the Spirit. So I, if you don't know Jenny, uh, I'm just excited you can get to meet her again today. Now listen, if I want to encourage you, if you didn't watch the episode yesterday, to, 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 to find it and watch it. Um, if you watch either of these two, this is part one and part two of Mental Health in the Church. If you watch either of them, watch the other one. If you're watching on replay or listening on, on the podcast, listen to both because we will talk about some, there'll be some overlap between the days, but to get the full picture, you need to listen to both sessions. This is a vitally important topic of of, of um, mental health in the church. Uh, today, we're going to talk specifically to People who think they are suffering from mental health issues. Also, we're going to talk to to people who have loved ones, family, friends, and even to pastors who are trying to walk alongside people and trying to discern: is this a spiritual issue? Is this a mental health issue? And then what are next steps? So, I'm excited you're here with me today, and I'm excited to bring Jenny back and finish the interview we began yesterday. Uh, well, Jenny, it's so good to have you back today um, uh, for uh, two days in a row with a, another episode of Stay Focused as we're discussing this this issue of mental health and the church and how we should address it. Uh, yesterday, we, we talked a lot just about understanding it and allowing the Lord to help us grow in our understanding. Um, you share some of your story of even how you became a counselor and the resistance you had, uh, not because you didn't care for people, but you just um, you know, more or less, sure. <laughs> you, 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 call, you call it immaturity. Um, you needed to grow in that area. Yes. And the Lord wanted you to grow in that area. Uh, but you actually thought you were being faithful to the Lord. Yes. By resisting this. Amen. <laughs> uh, but then the Lord helped you grow to, and understand. And, yes. and as we were talking at this last episode, um, I, it, it came to my mind that uh, many times we put things in these categories and we have different rules and, and we don't realize it, but we can often be hypocritical with the rules that we, we put on things. For instance, if a pastor would stand up in the front of a church and teach through ways to cope with trauma that happened with you. I mean, I know some Christians would think that that, that isn't a good message. Um, but mo most Christians I know would be okay with the pastor up front teaching if you're going through trauma, here's some steps to take. Here's how you can grow closer to the Lord. Here's some scriptures. But somehow, 
if someone sets down one-on-one with us in a counseling situation and walks us through many of those same steps, we somehow feel like that that's wrong because that's counseling. But often <laughs> pastors are counseling people even through messages. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's right. part of shepherding people. It's yes. providing care right. and, and teaching them. And we're not just talking about just... Um, uh, you know, spouting out what the world says to help people. But as a Christian counselor, part of what you do is help people get right with God and themselves. And part of their healing is, as you said yesterday, is even understanding um, there's a lot of roadblocks to God that that people have. And, mm-hmm. and so as a Christian counselor, you're not throwing God out of the equation. You're You're not saying that there's not spiritual issues at play. But you're just approaching that on a one-on-one, usually a one-on-one Amen. basis. And so anyway, um, I just want to encourage us to maybe broaden our understanding to say that if a pastor sits down with you one-on-one, steps you through something, um, or a Christian counselor does that, that can actually even be at times more helpful than just a person standing in the front of the room. Mm-hmm. Because you're able to give your specific situation, and they're they're able to mentor and coach you through that. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, what I want to do today is just talk a little bit about people who think that they are suffering from an an emotional um, or, or mental disorder. Uh, some of the more common ones are depression and anxiety, maybe bipolar and panic. Uh, there are others, but those are mm-hmm. very common. And I think a lot of people might have some general understanding of what those are. And there are some, I know many believers who are suffering from these things, but they're afraid to say it. Yes. So can, mm-hmm. can you speak uh, first uh, to people who feel that they are suffering some, some from this, some next steps? And then we also want to talk to family members and friends who, who mm-hmm. feel that they have someone in their life who is suffering as well. Mm-hmm. And some steps I can well, take. Yeah, it's, it's indeed. People can, you know, I, I'm not sure why, but I 100% understand what you're saying is that our culture tends to be more comfortable with physical illness of some sort, where you go to a doctor, you get help. So people don't feel shame with that. But there is a shame factor yes. that comes with mental or emotional things. So people are dealing with depression, anxiety uh, of different kinds, or uh, different behavior issues, addictions, all of those things that are emotional and psychological. Then there is a shame factor involved. And what's wonderful is Christ bore all of our shame on Calvary. Yes. And when we know him, we can know that, that that he took all of our shame. And so we can come boldly before the throne of grace and be transparent and be real. And another dynamic that comes to my mind as you're uh, bringing all these things into the light, Jay, is that we are created spirit, soul, and body. Okay, and those three dynamics don't separate. Right. We, they blend together. 
other. Whatever is happening in our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, whatever is happening in our soul is going to affect our spirit and affect our body. Right. The stresses uh, flow out into every dimension of who we are. Okay, and and oftentimes some people that have psychological or emotional issues um, repress it and don't talk about it until it comes out in a physical way, and then they'll go to the doctor, and the doctor will say, "Well, this is caused by this physical thing." Like, you know, I'll be real vulnerable. You mentioned. Um, uh, diabetes, taking insulin. Well, um, you know, I have, uh, I, you know, I'm careful how I say it, but I deal with diabetes. Okay. And do I like it? No, but I deal with it until I'm healed. And I know God's my healer, but I can tell by my numbers, by my blood sugar numbers, if I'm under too much stress. And I have a wonderful Christian doctor who treats me for it. And she'll look at my numbers and she'll say, what kind of stress were you dealing with? (laughs) She can tell. And so the stresses of life are going to affect us physically, emotionally, psychologically. It's we're. We're one being, but everything that we experience in life affects us in all, it affects our body, our spirit, our soul. We're affected in all ways. And so God sees us as a whole being, and he knows we're being affected. He's not, so we can come boldly before the throne of grace and be real. We Just like we learned in Celebrate Recovery. That Celebrate Recovery was a safe place to be real and transparent and get help. That's the throne of grace. We can come boldly before God and be real. And so God wants us to be that with um, people in our church, with our pastor, with, with counselors, to know that God will put safe people in our life that we can be real with because we have to be honest and open and real. What are some, some things that pastors can do, um, Jenny, if, if they, someone comes to them and, um, and, and I want to tell you some steps that I usually take. Okay. Okay. And then you can evaluate that and then you can give me some feedback and cause I'm here to learn as well. Um, I, I do have a history um, in the men- in mental health fields. Uh, my undergrad was in psychology. I did social work mm-hmm. for years, so I have a, an understanding um, that the mind and body can can be sick. I mean, the mind and the brain and the emotions can mm-hmm. be be sick. So, and I also um, just know a lot of the signs because spending years doing that of, of depression or anxiety. So, if someone comes to me. Uh, with depressed feelings and anxiety. And and I I said in the last episode that spiritual emptiness Mm -hmm. can feel like depression, but not all depression is spiritual emptiness. Right. So I I do like to start there with the individual. I like to start with 
where they are spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, and often if I'm talking to someone who is a born again believer, who has a relationship with God, and um, even those, those folks can experience a resistance to the Lord because of trauma that's happened in their life. But, but as you and I both know, not all uh, mental disease or emotional disease is a result, direct result of trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, trauma can actually increase it. But sometimes right. the anxiety, depression is because of a traumatic experience in life. But sometimes the or brain a chemical just, disorder. The yeah. brain just isn't functioning. You look at this person and, and they're like, "I don't know why I felt like this. I mean, I have a good life. I wasn't abused. I, you know, grew up. I still." So I will just a checklist for me as I began with the the spiritual emptiness piece. I try to assess where they're at with God. I, I give them some things to do to grow in a relationship with God. And honestly, uh, learning how to come to the Lord with our anxieties is mm-hmm. extremely therapeutic. Right. If you learn how to do that and piece by piece, lay it before the Lord, release it before the Lord daily, it can be very helpful um, as you learn to trust in the Lord. So I began with the spiritual thing, but if I have an individual who is right with God, they pray regularly. They read the Bible. I mean, I have to trust, you know, they're telling me the truth. And But yet there's just these nagging feelings of depression and anxiety that they can't mm-hmm. overcome. And it seems like that there's something more than just a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. And so then we began asking for a miracle. Just like if you came to me and presented with heart issues or diabetes, I would begin praying for a miracle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even at that, I would look at you and say, are there things that you can do? Are there some things you can do with your diet things? But let's pray for a miracle. And this is how I pastor, okay? So I'm just giving you my assessment. So look at the spiritual. I look at some things maybe you can adjust in your environment. Then we begin praying for the miracle. If that doesn't happen, then we start taking other steps. And and what I just, uh, what I just described is not a five minute conversation after church (laughs) one day. (laughs) These are steps do the, unless a person is in completely breaking down in that moment and maybe, you know, a threat to themselves or others, then, you know, we'll, we'll take some time. We'll step through this. We'll step through, you know, we'll, and we'll assess where they're at and pray, but then if it's prolonging, then we will, I definitely recommend um, them, them seeing someone who can give them long-term mm-hmm. Christian counseling. Right. Is that a sensible approach? Absolutely. And a spiritually balanced approach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, because once again, going back to what I said about we're created spirit, soul, and body. So quite often, whatever the problem is, uh, it may appear to be spiritual, but it actually may be chemical. There can right. be, just because of the stresses or life or because of birth defects or all kinds of issues or genetic things, we can have a, a chemical imbalance in our brain chemistry that affects right. moods, that affects um, ways we think, cognitive thinking and different things. And so it's very important to get to the the core of what 
where is the problem? It may appear or first appear to be spiritual, but right. it could end up being physical. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, if that makes sense. Uh, absolutely. So we often have to explore all the different dynamics with a person, not just assume. In other words, right. everyone that is depressed doesn't have a chemical imbalance. Right. Okay. Uh, it could be an emotional situation, a dis huge disappointment, okay? Or it could be something physical. Or, but we have to, or it could be a spiritual issue of, you know, often we can, we put expectations on God that are realistic because his concept of time and ours are different. I deal with people all the time that get frustrated and angry at God. Why hasn't he done this? Why hasn't he done this? But he intends to. He's working on it, but the timing's not right. He knows what has to line up for the timing in a situation to be right. And so people can give in to depression because of a spiritual frustration or a spiritual disappointment or it can be physical. And so we have to explore all three of those dimensions of who we are. And so what we're saying here is that there is not a quick answer yes. to this. Um, and sometimes as, and I'm just gonna speak as a pastor, sometimes as church leaders and pastors were very overwhelmed. Yes. And and if we don't know what to do, it's easy. Just it mm -hmm. can be easy to be dismissive. Yes. And, and 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 I don't know if you said this yesterday or another conversation we had. That honestly, um, lack of patience is immaturity. This yes, you must demonstrate. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted to speak briefly to family members who have an an individual mm -hmm. or a friend who has an individual yes. in their life. Um who is suffering from emotional and mental um, disease or disorders. This requires an incredible amount of patience. And there's not a quick, and if and someone is watching this and realizing, hey, they're not going to give me three points and then everyone's problem be fixed or to say you need to get to a more spiritual person mm -hmm. and you need to get hands laid on you. Now, I believe that can all be, from a pastoral perspective, I think that can all be part of it. Sometimes mm -hmm. people are tormented by demon spirits. Yes. They are. Yes. I'll it's pray real. for deliverance. And, and, you, and you need discernment or distinguishing between spirits to say yes. what is physical, what is, what is a demonic spirit tormenting mm -hmm. this person. But at the end of the day, it's just like with physical disease. Sometimes Jesus healed them but then sometimes he would speak to the disease, mm -hmm. which would give us an indication when he was speaking to the fever, this was an afflicting spirit. Yes. So sometimes even physical disease is caused by an afflicting spirit. Amen. Sometimes it's not. That's sometimes right. it's just caused by disease in, in your body. Mm -hmm. No easy answers, but there are some things you can go through to start um, assessing where a person's at. I gave some of those, you've given some of those, checking through things, just trying to discern. And again, not a quick 
fix, but nothing about shepherding people I have found <laughs> after 30 years of this is quick. <laughs> um, I think God, now I have seen the Lord through prayer because some people want to think that I don't believe in the power of prayer and I don't believe in deliverance. I do. And I know you do as well. Yes. Yes. I have seen the Lord take a trauma in a person's life that they have struggled with 20, 30 years and can't get through. And in a second, just. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But then I've seen also seen people through weeks or months of learning to think and process through counseling that same thing lift. Amen. We all want the quick. And I don't know why sometimes the Lord gives us the quick and other times he makes us, but many people who go through the process learn to value the process. Yes. Yes. So, and again, we're talking about a lot of things here, but yes. uh, I'm, I'm also being mindful of the clock because uh, <laughs> I love to talk about, I love to talk about these things. Yes. We could go on and on, Jay. <laughs> yes. But I, I do want you to just talk to people who have family members who are struggling or they think are struggling and not sure what to do? Well, you know, uh, two things come to my mind as you're saying that. Um, When we have someone that we care about, a family member, a friend, someone that we care about and they're struggling, number one, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Okay, he would have compassion, he would have mercy, he would listen, he would pray, and then he would hear from God what the next step was. And so we need to do that as well. We need to pray with them, not just brush them off and say, oh, stop feeling that way. You know, in our culture, that's such a common thing. Just don't think about that or stop that. that. That's not going to work. We can't just brush it off, but we need to have compassion, have mercy, listen, pray, but then hear God, because God will then lead us to the root of it. And what you brought out is the key thing that um, is it the biggest problem for most people is time. Yes giving it time, taking time to pray. Do I have to pray more than once? Yes. Okay. In other words, healing, if you, I often tell people this, healing is a layer by layer process. Physical healing, things get healed layer by layer, and they're healed from deep within before the skin on top looks healed. And like, you know, where were you cut? I can't see it. It's totally healed, but it started layer by layer. Emotional, psychological healing is the same way. It's layer by layer, and that takes time. And time is never an issue for God, but it often is for people. And so with those that you are praying with, those you care about, be patient. Give God time to work with them. Give them time. Often, faith comes by hearing. Yes. Okay? And that's a process, layer by layer, of believing it, hearing it, believing it, hearing it, believing it, for someone to really even receive the answer to prayer, to receive the healing. And so, 
we need to trust God with the time frame of healing, but never give up. Right. Never not believe. He's faithful. He is faithful. But we have to be faithful and not give up because of time. You know, I've heard people say, you know, well, I prayed for them three times, but nothing changed, so forget about it. Right. <laughs> That's not the way Christ would do it. And so we need to do it Christ's way and give God the time for the healing. And sometimes when people are suffering uh, emotionally and physically or emotionally, they can become destructive to yes. others. And so I know this is incredibly hard for a family member who is saying, while I'm giving them time, though, they are destroying me. Yeah. And knowing where those and, and um, neither one of us are suggesting that people stay in a situation where they're being physically hurt right, right. every day. Um, there, you, you need to take um, steps to protect yourself, your children, your family, if someone has been violent. Absolutely. Um, and that their emotional disorder yes. is exhibiting itself through anger and, and uh, toward, toward you and others. Now, that's, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. If someone's being destructive, you know, if they've got a, an emotional, psychological problem, but they're being uh, hurtful, destructive to others, then you have to have boundaries. Yes. You know, because the, if not, if you don't have appropriate boundaries to protect yourself and others, then you end up being a codependent. And that's a whole other problem that we should do a segment on. Yes, we should. Okay. <laughs> okay. But Maybe that'll be the next one we do at yes, some point. Because being a codependent, you're a loving, caring person. You want to help the other one. But we need to know what helps and what doesn't. And so we have to have boundaries. I often use this scriptural reference with boundaries. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So we have to love ourselves. That seems like Christian, doesn't it? Yes. And if we're in a relationship and the other person is hurting themselves and hurting us as well, we need to back off, establish boundaries, godly boundaries, for their good as well as ours. We need to love ourselves enough to have self-caring boundaries. Yes. I would love, as often as you would like to sit down and talk, uh, from time <laughs> to time, I would love to do this. And that's that's an issue that I would really like to explore yes. with people yes. is codependency. Uh, I've had Christian people, as we're wrapping up here, I, I want you to pray for people who are struggling emotionally or, or have family members or friends who are. Mm-hmm. But I have people just who love the Lord that, that they're not sure of where those boundaries should be. Mm-hmm. And I would love to talk about that sometime. And I would love to talk in depth about the issues of depression, yes. anxiety, and panic, because um, a record number of people in our communities, mm-hmm. in our world today, even before this pandemic, right. suffering from depression and anxiety uh, and, and, and then panic from anxiety. So, Let's do this sometime. 
Okay, uh, sounds that's good a, to that's me. That's a blessing. But, sounds but would you, good. So. Would you just uh, end us as we and, and pray over people who are struggling today? Yes. Well, Lord, there are many that are watching and listening to this who have your heart. They love. Yes, Lord. They love well, but they need your wisdom. Yes. You've called us to love, but to have wisdom. And so we need to know the, your boundaries in love. Yes, Lord. When are we helping and when are we enabling? God, we need your wisdom. But Lord, right now, for everyone that is, has a friend, a family member, someone, a coworker, someone that is struggling with depression, anxiety, fear because of this pandemic and they want to help, God, embrace them let them feel your comfort yes, you yes. are the comforter let them know that you treasure their hearts to help and that you will comfort through them you will comfort through them but give them your wisdom to comfort your way the way you would comfort the right lord I just, that word comfort won't leave me. And so, Lord, you are the comforter. You sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to be our comforter. And so, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just answering my prayer right now. Lord, I thank you that what you're revealing is that when we take time, and that's what it is, it's an investment of time, when we take the time, to let someone who's struggling know that we care, that we're listening and we care. That is, those are your arms of comfort. And so we may not see an instant change, an instant result, but we know that we have fulfilled your will when we give time and we're our presence, when we are present and we listen. We, you are comforting through us. You are the comforter. So Lord, come and comfort everyone that's struggling mentally and emotionally during this time. Help everyone that wants to help someone struggling mentally and emotionally. Lord, let them know that to listen and to be there for pieces of time that is you, that they are enabling you to be the comforter through them. So come, come, let the comfort of God come to all those who are struggling with in any way, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, I pray for those struggling spiritually that are angry that uh, this is happening angry with you, angry with themselves, angry with China, angry with somebody. Lord, anger never produces the righteousness of God. So God, deliver. Deliver those that are bound in anger. Deliver them and give them your comfort and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Let it be, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jenny, so much again for being with us. I just pray that so many people will begin to take some first steps for seeking uh, freedom. For for some of us, uh, 20, 30, 40 years, we've been bound of depression and anxiety, and hopefully that we'll begin to take some first steps for seeking freedom. Listen, we'll have you back on soon. Okay. Thank you for your time. My friend, thank you. Amen. Listen, and if you watch today and you know of anyone this could be a benefit to, uh, make sure you share the video with them. Send it in a private message or whatever. Just encourage them to listen. And we believe that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And that's our goal. Jesus wants Mm -hmm. to free people and heal them. We appreciate you all.